Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Worcester's Breakaway is brought to you by you. Thank you for being so awesome and making us the number three hockey podcast in America. That's absolutely crazy. I can't believe it. And to reward you for helping us, to supporting us, we've got given you a hour-long BSB OT mailbag edition. Hope you guys enjoy. Thank you so much for listening, and praise be, of course. BSB OT, some number, but that number is the number three podcast in Hockey Nation. And is Hockey Nation America? Maybe in America. Gregory, how are you? Uh, fine. Was that a loaded question? No, I'm just tired. I get it. Work sucks. Everything stinks. Well, it is what it is. Not everything. Uh, we got the first overall pick, which is super nice, but we're going to do a little bit of a mail. Oh, yeah, that happened. Yeah, that How was super, that? super neat. That. Yeah, the Islanders did win, so I can know why you do feel that way. I was feeling very similar to you. Um, Let's just do this mailbag. Um, we got a lot of different questions, and I think some of them are pretty interesting, coming from uh, a wide variety of people. Let's start with our good friend, George. George. Uh, Joe Fortunato. I don't know why I called I mean, him George. It, uh, it would have it been a really bold move if he came on here and said, we got a lot of questions today, and they all sucked. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I, that would have been strange. Um, we'll start with Joe. Uh, I think he was just throwing some shit at the wall here or trying to make some people angry. Uh, he said, do you think Gorton is kicking himself for the Kreider extension now that the Rangers are going to draft a franchise left winger? Gregor, I'll let you start. No. Yes, I agree. Simple. It, you can't sign that extension assuming you're going to get the first overall pick. How could you? Like, that, you don't know. Also, you don't know a pandemic's coming. Yeah, Jeff Gorton isn't a psychic. He's not, he's not Greg Kaplan. He can't make things happen. He just can't. Right, right. He's not clairvoyant. There's also, as, as small as it may seem, and as, mm-hmm. as tiny a percentage chance, and as, as little as anyone would want to hear this, it's not like Lafreniere is a short thing. He still has to do it, right? We were saying a lot of glowing and beautiful things about Cabo Caco this time last year, and there are a lot of growing pains between then and now. So it's great that the Rangers have another – high power winger it's great that they have someone that projects to be it seems the consensus is Lafreniere is at minimum an all-star caliber winger but until he does it he's still just a prospect gotta see it first Rangers yeah you gotta you gotta do it and then and then when he's able to do it then we can have a different conversation and it's not like the NHL is a league that wouldn't want to trade for someone of Chris Kreider's History and current talents. Was just about to say that six and a half million dollars a year. So, so he, he has a not, he has a modified no, no move contract. By the way, Chris, Chris Kreider. I believe he's, he could pick eleven. We will never know the eleven teams, but he could pick eleven teams he doesn't want to go to. So if they did sure. want to trade him I, down the line, they could. I'm sure that people would be interested. Yeah, and I'm sure that a team that ends up on Kreider's eleven team no trade list can do something to sweeten the pot for him a little bit too. So. Absolutely. Yeah, they'll figure it out if they really wanted him. Yeah. I don't think... Not not worried about it. Don't think Chris Kreider being your third-line winger or possibly, you know, second-line or first-line. doesn't matter. We, we've talked about the spread-the-wealth theory on this podcast a few times now, and it's good to have evenly balanced lines. I mean, you saw what happened to Toronto, right? It's amazing when they can score three goals in four minutes, but it, then it sucks when they can't score anything in, in Game 5. Period. End of story. Next question is from... The Grateful Spark. Okay, uh, new questions since Drew seemed to answer his. And I think Drew's question, just to say, or his original question, rather, was, do we see any chance that Laf- Lafreniere moves to center? And I don't think so. He, uh, Drew said he, would, he hasn't played center since he was 12 years old. So, uh, Grateful Spark says, what kind of haul would it take for the Rangers to trade the first overall? Go crazy, get creative. I think... Um, it has to be three, five plus, right? Is Ottawa like maybe the only, I mean, you would do again, it, you would I, do it for Connor. We, we ha- we've had this, we've had this conversation before. I don't know why Ottawa would trade three and five to get one. seems they, like they wouldn't. Yeah. And the Rangers would probably feel like they need more than just three and five. And the Ottawa senators feel like they wouldn't want to give up more than three and five. So there's no point. I mean, you're talking about something where, I don't think the Rangers would feel like Eichel is enough 
Yep. I don't think the Rangers would feel like trying to think of other McDavid star would say we'd say yes, could. of course. Um, yeah, but uh, but even then, that's that's that they're not doing that. I mean, essentially, it's not that that's it, but it's. I mean, that's almost it. Like, would the Rangers would the Rangers trade this pick for Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer? I would say maybe. no, but may, both of them. They might. Both of them. If they get both, maybe. But why would the Devils do that? Like, it's the pick itself is so valuable that it almost takes every other team out of the mix for acquiring it because the price is going to be too damn high. Like, if you're the Buffalo Sabres and you honestly dangle Jack Eichel for Lafreniere, it's and the Rangers say that's not enough. Are the Sabers really going to add to that trade? No. Yeah. Would I, it be would it be realistic for the Sabers to add to that trade? Not really. But you know it, that's that's the kind of price you're dealing with. I guess it, because it is that you're you have you have laugh on a three year ELC and these other superstars we're talking about, with the exception of uh, Jack Hughes, got paid already, um, and that's very valuable. To teams that want to contend, especially the New York Rangers. So I'm not sure. I, there are there are players you do it for, Connor McDavid, etc. But even you just saying the Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer one, I'm like, I don't think I would do that. And I feel like I feel like I'm crazy for saying I don't think I would do that. But I don't think I would. Huh. Um. All right. Next I one. mean, it's it's a little it's a little crazy. I think you should, but I don't. I also don't think that deal ever gets to the table. So it's it's almost not even worth the debate to have. I know my gut my gut reaction is just no, but I guess it's because I watched Jack Hughes this year a couple times and I wasn't really impressed, but then Kako was a piece of crap for a lot of the year too. So uh it is hard. It is tough. Next question is from Deepux30. Uh, hi Daddy Capope. One question I have is where would Kreider be put if Lafreniere proves to be better in his first year? Would he be kept on the third line as a whole time or would Kreider be put on the third and, and Laf move to the first praise be? I think this is all going to really depend. I do think, isn't it Lafreniere? Is it Lafreniere? Right? Yeah, I guess we should, we should get it right. Yeah. I know it's Alexi. I was calling it Alexis on Monday. Um, it's Alexis. Alex, sorry, Jesus. Alex, Alexi Lafreniere. We'll go with that. Um, I guess Lafreniere, yeah. he would be. Let's, let's let. What is what does our good friend Matt Spenley have to say? What, he's, <laughs> he's the real. Dude. The the producer of uh, SNY Rangers videos, him and Fitz, I think. Alexi yeah. Lafreniere. Oh, it's a four second. Lexi Lafreniere. Yeah, it's Lafreniere. Okay, Lafreniere. Yeah, there you go. Okay, you uh, should probably get it right. Lafreniere. Yeah, we probably you're should. You come into my house, you get my wife's name right. Those are the rules. <laughs> um, I think Kreider would be. I think they might explore with Kreider in the future. I don't think they're gonna mess with anything the first year. I think this will be down the line. I think you're, you're gonna see all three of those guys stay on the left wing all year long. Maybe they put Kreider like on right wing some random nights to try some things, but I don't. I don't think they're moving Lafreniere anywhere. No, I think if anything, if anything, we'll just see even, even ice times for or at five on five for all these lines. Mm -hmm. Then you would see. Kreider's not moving down. Panarin's not moving down. Like they, but at the same time, David Quinn plays the hot hand in the game. Absolutely. So we'll see some weird shit happen in games. Uh, I don't. We've this year more than any other year before because I think he just had so many more options to play with god damn it soto oh, every time holy shit every time uh where, well, i where think i think that one went 500 feet like that was a fucking bomb he's a monster um, he's a goddamn monster he's a monster he did he did, he did this on monday too he did it he didn't hit homer yesterday i got news old. for you all right where, where were we beast. oh 466 um yeah i quinn i think is gonna be more willing to jumble lines mid-game than he was even this year, but we just saw it so much this year that the more the Rangers add weapons, the more Quinn is going to want to mix and match in games. Yep. So it's going to become even more useless to break down where Quinn is starting these players. It, it's almost non-existent. He more than any coach before him, since we've been doing this podcast, and I guess there's only been one, mm -hmm. uh, unlike Elaine Vigneault, Quinn mixes it up. He puts stuff in blenders mid game. Yeah, the Quinn Blenders. Vino, if he started the game a certain way, he would end the game a certain way. So it's this one with Quinn. It's I don't know. I I, I won't give. I don't I don't get up. Don't get worried about where these guys start games because by the second period it's going to be different. That's just what David Quinn does. I'm with you. I think I think you're going to be seeing a lot. Of, we said this this year. A lot of these times the lines would come out. We would literally say these don't matter. 
These don't matter whatsoever. It's all going to change. Uh, Deepak says, another follow-up. Could you see us packaging Strom, Booch, and Picks slash Prospects in exchange for Eichel or Barkov? I think we're going to be talking a lot about this in the future. Um, I could see it. I think the packages will be discussed heavily. And I'm not sure exactly what gets it done for each side. I'm not sure Eichel's available for Buffalo. But I do think Jeff Gorton's going to at least call. I, I, I don't know about Barkov. I don't know if Florida would get rid of Barkov. I mean, trade, trades are going to happen. Yeah. Um, the, the question is, what are the Rangers going to get in return? Uh, I even, even if my offer sheet dream doesn't come to be, I, I just have I have no I have no belief that the Rangers would want to bridge both D'Angelo and Strom. I think one of them is they're gonna they might both go to arbitration, but even then I don't think the Rangers want to put themselves in that kind of limbo for an additional year with either of those guys. I think it's very likely neither gets extended long term with the current flat cap, but I I have a hard time believing the Rangers would want to delay the decision on both those players for an additional year. Yeah. So I think one of D'Angelo and Strom will get traded. Uh, I think I, I, with, with Lafreniere now in the picture, I think it's, I, I wouldn't have had Pavel Buchnevich trade thoughts in my mind before, but I think it's very likely one of Kravtsov and Buchnevich gets traded. I think so too. I, I think, I think they're very happy with Gauthier. And we know they're happy with Kako. Um, yeah, so I, JD I think said the Rangers would want to. Yeah, I, I think the Rangers would want to. The Rangers now have pieces they can dangle that other teams might be interested in. And Buchnevich is one year away from a big pay of his own that the New York Rangers should be able to afford because there would be no Hank, there would be no Stahl, there would be no Smith. A lot more money gets opened up in the 2021 offseason than it does this year. But I, I think. I think there are going to be a lot of trade conversations surrounding Strom, D'Angelo, Buchnevich, and Kravtsov. And I think the latter two, you weren't having those same conversations before getting the first overall pick. Agree. I think That's for sure. without the first overall pick, Buchnevich probably ends up on this team and gets a three- to four-year extension, probably four-year, five-year, something like that. And now I'm not so sure. I, I, I mean, when I was tweeting out like what the future core was, some people were like, hey, you didn't put in Buch or Strom or Tony or – these couple players, like, I don't know what's going to happen to those players. They have contracts coming up that they have to pay. And yeah, yeah they'll have the available money. Well, here's, here's, here's the thing that I'll keep in mind, because I did mention that the Rangers books open up wide in 2021 and they do. They got to pay Mika, but man. even if the Rangers were to play, even if the Rangers were to play the one year game with both Strom and D'Angelo, I think it's Strom is going to get 5 million. He made four this year. He put up, what 50 60 points i don't even remember uh it was like it a was, career high it in points 60, yeah it it's it would Probably. be it would be unrealistic to expect him to get anything less than five and for tony in the one-year game career year for him big offensive numbers it would be crazy to think of anything below four million dollars for tony d'angelo so if the new york rangers play the one-year game with both those guys they only have about 13 million dollars in cap room right now if you go, if if the Rangers just decide to run it back, I, I think the Rangers know that if they want to just run it back, they're not good enough. Even with Lafreniere coming in, fifty nine points by the so way. So I, yeah, I, I think I think the I think Gorton and Davidson are smart enough to know that this team needs to be tweaked. I think they're smart enough to know that even though this team is really young, there are long term moves they need to make this year in order to start continuing to push the ship in the direction they want it to go in. And I, I just have a hard time believing that they think both Strom and D'Angelo are financially the answers at the positions they have them at. So it's, you know, they're going to be a lot of weird questions. A lot they're of gonna be, uncomfortable questions the, the, too. The, Cause they they're like... always going to be these questions, mm -hmm. but with having the number one overall pick, the questions, it's a more diverse answer that you'll get now. You, you heard Rick Carbonello when he's on this podcast. They love Tony D'Angelo. They really like him as a player. And I know for a fact, uh, I mean, you could talk to Vince about this. Like, they, Ryan Strom is a great interview. They love putting Ryan Strom anywhere. Like, he, he's a guy that adds so much to the locker room. But something that you and I have talked about a lot, Gregory, is Value Town. Which, if you have a stock and a tie, don't you sell? Like, isn't that, like, you're, you're not committed to it. Like, these are both career years for players that are not, like, they're young, but they're not tremendously young. 
Why yeah, not but sell I also, high? I also, I, I, I respect both Carp and Vince mm-hmm. and their thoughts there. But let's not pretend like Derek Broussard wasn't a big player and the Rangers moved on him early. Let's not pretend like the Rangers haven't traded their last two captains in Ryan Callahan and Ryan McDonough. That's a good point. So while while these guys say those kind of things, the track record is there for Jeff Gordon that if it's the right time to move someone, he doesn't he doesn't allow those off ice influences to keep him from doing what he wants to do. Like Derek Broussard was a locker room darling and was beloved in the fan base and was still very productive when the Rangers traded him. And they traded him probably before people thought he would be traded. Ryan McDonough was the team captain. He had another year left on his contract. Matt Zuccarello. Yeah. A guy the Rangers traded, no problem. And they Kevin love Hayes, him. A young player that the Rangers had thoughts of extending long-term, they traded. Kevin Shattenkirk, they bought out. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> that one makes me like, laugh, dude. That one's crazy. Yeah, it's it's like it's like I understand everything that Vince and Rick are trying to say, but we need to stop pretending like the New York Rangers haven't made moves. It's not like the Rangers are only trading guys they dislike. They very much traded guys they like and guys that are liked in the locker room. Yeah. They bought out Dan Girardi, who was a de facto captain on this team. People love Dan like Girardi, this, and he's great. Dude, look what the fuck's going to happen to Hank. Yeah. Like, if it can happen to Hank, it can happen to anybody. 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 Yeah, don't catch, – catch me outside with this uh, – the team oh, wow, really likes throwback. Tony D'Angelo bullshit. Yep. The Henrik Lundqvist is going to get the door, and he's Henrik Lundqvist. His number's going up in the rafters. The greatest Ranger of all time, not named Brian Leach. Like, forget about it. I don't want to. I don't want to hear the reason why the Rangers aren't going to move on from someone. Is they like because him. they think the organization likes them. Organization likes a lot of people. They, it's, but this this organization has proven that when it's time to move, they're going to move. It's a very good point, Gregory. It really is. Um, next question is from Dan Callahan. Callahan? Callahan? All right. What what what's the Rangers are eliminated? I root for the hard for the team to lose slash. Uh, for the teams to lose slash win so that the Rangers end up being the best draft position possible, even if that means rooting for the Islanders. Am I a loser? No, you root for your team. But but you also hope the Islanders lose in the Stanley Cup Finals no matter what. Like, yeah, I want to root for the yeah, highest if draft. It, if it came down, I think he's saying if it, if the Islanders were playing the Hurricanes, yeah, root for the Islanders because you're not a root for the draft pick. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you still have rooting interest. So I I would rather have the earlier draft pick. Yeah, I. you Give know what I me. did today that was uncomfortable? I rooted for the Bruins, okay? I did it. It sucked. But I did. Um, from our good friend Jeff Polinski. Why haven't the Rangers fired Quinn and hired Gallant yet? Because uh, Jeff touches himself at night. Mm. <laughs> uh, I think they're like Quinn. I really do. I know we just went on this little like uh, rant that you just had. But Quinn's going to have a chance to prove himself. And if Gallant's going to be out there and Quinn doesn't do what he does or prove himself this, with the tools he has, like the guy has serious tools now. He's got Artem Panarin. He's got Mika Zibinijad. He's got a first and a second overall pick. Like, it's time for him to show what he can do. It's all been test driving for now, but now it's time to get on the course with David Quinn. And I think you you would agree with me with all those points. Yeah, I mean, Quinn's not perfect. We've seen a lot of warts. Um, I think we saw more warts this year than we did the year before because this team was a little bit more competitive. Mm -hmm. But even Gallant, I mean, no coach is perfect. I'm not saying I'd rather have Quinn than Gallant. I don't think that's true. Uh, I I do think Gallant is destined to go to Seattle and once again be the guy that leads an expansion team in its first season. Do you think that's possibly one of the reasons he's still out there and he didn't take the Devils job? No, I think he's still out there because the Devils didn't want to pay him. Yeah. And I I think if any team wanted to pay Gerard Gallant what Gerard Gallant feels like he's worth, he'd be a head coach right now. But the Devils didn't want to do it. They didn't want to pay Peter Laviolette either. So, I I don't know. I... I this is a big year for David Quinn. That much is true. We're going to be super critical of David Quinn because we're going to have a lot of expectations for this team, expectations we haven't previously had with this team. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to learn a lot about David Quinn the next time the Rangers play an 82-game season. That, that, that much I know. We will. Uh, George uh, Hip Hop Jorge 89 asks, can you pronounce Alexi Lafreniere now? Yes. Uh, Min, Mike Min 10 asks, we have the talent pool, uh, talent pool we have now, which current NHL play, teams in the playoffs that was rebuilding a few years ago. Do you see the Rangers, uh, the Rangers team, what the hell is this question? 
A few years ago, do the Rangers seem like the most like at this point? What? Oh, what team? Like, I get it. What he's asking now? What team looks like the Rangers three years ago now in the NHL? I guess not the what? Senators. I mean, it it could be Columbus. Yeah, uh, I think Columbus is the, pretty good. You one. need you need you need the defensive prospects to pan out like Columbus. Like, do the Rangers have a Seth Jones? Do the Rangers have a Zach Wierenski? Do the Rangers have a Savard? Do they have these guys? We might. We think we do. Yeah. I mean, we've seen Adam Fox this year. But they're legit We're going to see Keandre Miller next year. Yep. Like, three three years ago, it, it's tough. But I, I would I – would, I mean, it helps having Panarin on both those teams. It helps having the – I think the three years ago, the Rangers' offensive forwards are further ahead than where the Blue Jackets were. But the, it, it's going to come down to it's going to come down to defense. I don't know if the I would hope the Rangers have a Jones, a Wierenski, a Savard, all of their guys, Murray. Uh, but we'll we'll see. Um, I but that that's probably like my gut reaction says the Blue Jackets. Is there a team that you think a couple years ago that looked like the Rangers now? Like who was the the up and coming team a couple years ago? Uh, I don't really know one. There was a, they still kind of been the same powerhouses for a while. I mean, the scary thing is the Blue Jackets are still ridiculously young, so they kind of were the up and coming team three years ago. Yeah. Um. I have Vancouver maybe. No. They don't have. I mean, any, maybe. Well, Quinn, you that's now though. But the the difference know. is the difference is Vancouver has always thought they're contenders, and they keep signing these ridiculous, right, overpriced Jay Beagle contracts. Yep. So like the the Vancouver core is very similar to the Ranger core. But the Rangers haven't been out here signing guys to n- more recent contracts that you yeah, can't. I'm going through my they, head. There's the Rangers really... haven't signed a Louis Erickson. They haven't signed a Jay Beagle. They haven't signed a um, – oh, shit. What that, what's that guy's name? That guy. Uh, Antoine Roussel. That guy. It's uh, tough. They... Yeah, I agree. It, it, it's hard to think of a, a – t- another team that gets the first and second overall pick in that same position. Like the, I guess the Edmonton Oilers. There you go. Um, this next question is from Jeff breakdown 14 players will likely be moved due to the cap constraints of upcoming expiring contracts, etc. Do you see any unexpected players slash prospects being moved for a number two center or cupboard overfloweth except at C? Yeah, I think that this is, I know I, I'm still, listen, my, my first love will still be pissing off Islanders fans and telling them that the Rangers should offer sheet Matt Barzal, and they should. Um, Can I give you a quick note the, on that? I was on Reddit today on the um, the serious discussion thread for the Alexi Lafreniere. Like, what what should we do? And there was a ser- okay. there was a big breakdown. I have to say, there was multiple comments talking about the offer sheet Barzal thing, and I think that was all you. <laughs> I'm just saying, baby. It's, it's just in in the moment. The the best. The, the honestly, the best part of getting the number one pick is you can now do things you weren't planning on doing because you have this bullet mm-hmm. that didn't previously exist. And there was only one way for this bullet to exist. If the Rangers didn't win the lottery, there was no way for them to trade up into the top five. Forget about getting the number one overall pick. You weren't going to get into the top five. No way. I don't care how draft? many prospects. Yeah. I don't care how many prospects and first round picks that you were going to put together as a Ranger fan. It wasn't going to happen. And now that the Rangers have it, they can kind of do whatever the hell they want. Um, and it, it, it goes to another level if Hank retires. It really does. Because then the Rangers just get this gift of $8.5 million in cap space that didn't exist before. You think I'm insufferable now. Wait until that happens, and I'm going to go to another level. But while, while Barzal will always be my first love, the, the offer sheet game really comes into play with the Tampa Bay Lightning. The and I think the Tampa Bay Lightning understand that even if they can find someone to take like Kalorn or Gord, or any of their secondary players that they have on very, very long, yet reasonably priced contract. It's honestly, it's kind of like the Islanders, except the the Tam- Tampa Bay Lightning kind of paid better players than the Islanders did, and the players the Lightning paid are younger, so they can still be moved. Um, but I, I think the Lightning are smart enough to understand they probably can't keep both of Sergachev and Sorelli. And I think the New York Rangers are smart enough to understand that while they could just offer sheets Sorelli, it might be more valuable to both teams if they work out a trade. And Sorelli, for me, I would rather offer Sheet Sergachev. Make the Lightning choose. 
but I would rather – this might not make a whole lot of sense, but hear me out. I'd rather okay. offer sheet Sorelli, uh, offer sheet Sergachev to force the Lightning's hand. But if it came down to Sorelli, I'd rather trade for him. And I think the Lightning, you can make a trade out of the, the, the Carolina pick this year, an additional pick next year that's probably conditional, that'll protect the Rangers first. You could, you'd probably have to put – the thing is with the Lightning – I wonder if they'd be more interested in Buchnevich than they would be Kravstov because it's obviously still going to be a team that wants to compete. They're not going to give up Sorelli for futures. Right. Like they want they'll want futures in the trade, but they're going to want a piece back that can help them immediately. Now, the Lightning are a team that won't want Ryan Strom because they again have to pay him. But if you tr- if you include Buchnevich in a Sorelli trade, the Lightning don't have to worry about paying him for an additional year. You can see what you have in Buchnevich. If it's not working out, you can flip him again at the deadline. Just so like I think they did with Buchnevich, JT Miller. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you're the Lightning, you see Buchnevich as the more valuable asset. And I think if you're the Rangers, you need to understand, as much as we all love Pavel Buchnevich, if it comes down to choosing between Buchnevich or Sorelli, you're going to have to go Sorelli. You're going to have to. He's a more complete player. He plays a position of need. He's defensively responsible down the middle. You're dying for someone to play some penalty kill minutes on your on your roster. I, I personally, I it, it's almost like flipping a coin between Sergachev and Sorelli. I kind of want Sergachev just because even with all the defensive prospects the Rangers have, it's for me so much more comforting to know that here's a guy I can put with Truba for the next five, six, seven years and just never worry about it again. And it also means I don't have to break up Fox and Lindgren, I can let them cook. Well, you'd have to do the, the high decade. level, uh, the highest level offer sheet, right? You couldn't do the, the Canadian. Version. No, that, that's the thing with Sergachev and Sorelli. That is like with Barzal, you have to go big. You have to go four mm-hmm. first round picks. But with Sergachev and Sorelli, you probably could do something lower. I don't know if either player has earned necessarily an $8 million a year contract yet. But if you're talking about something in that six to seven range, something that's going to make the lightning's life difficult i it, it can be done and and then it's a lower price like the, the whole reason why it was ridiculous when the canadians offered aho eight million dollars because aho's worth one, 11 million dollars <laughs> not just that but the, the hurricanes had the cap space yeah like it was never a doubt you could have gone to 10 million dollars on aho and the hurricanes would have been like you understand we have the cap space yes like some of this comes down to the team not having the cap space the islanders don't have the cap space the lightning don't have the cap space and some people have mentioned uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois as well. Mm-hmm. While the Blue Jackets don't have the cap space, the Blue Jackets don't have to pay anybody else. So all the Blue Jackets have to do is one or two moves to free up the cap space for the one guy they want to keep. That's, that's the difference between the Blue Jackets to me. I think if you offer Sheet Dubois, they figure out a way to do it. So at that do. point, you're just, you're, just trying, you're just helping the Blue Jackets at that point to understand how much cap space they have to clear out. With the Islanders, they don't have the players to trade. They're not good enough. And with the Lightning, they're just too good. They have too many guys that they have to pay. So I think you can get Sergachev or Sorelli without going to the max with either of them because I don't know if they're worth the max. But I also think Sorelli specifically is a guy you might be able to get in trade where you don't even have to worry about an offer sheet. And we know the Rangers and, not, and Lightning love doing business. They do. We know that the Rangers were interested in a restricted free agent of theirs last year. So if and Tampa Bay couldn't have been oblivious to that, you know, they could. They had to know. Like they right. Jeff yeah, Gordon no, was probably like, "Hey, I'm going to offer sheet point." <laughs> you know, they had to. Well, know. I don't know. I don't know if it got to that point because I, I, from everything, it, it sounded like to me is that the Rangers. It was made clear to the Rangers that Braden Point wasn't leaving, so the New York Rangers. Didn't have to go too far down the road there. But I, I, there's business to be done with Tampa Bay on the trade front with their restricted free agents. That much I know. These questions are very similar. This one's from Andrew, Andrew and the next one's from Dan. They're very similar. Uh, besides the obvious push for Eichel and Barzal, who's a middle six center that you think the Raiders should target if not, they don't decide to not, to not re-sign Strom? We just talked about that. And then Dan asks, if you had to pick one, and I guess one only, Jack Eichel or offer sheet Barzal? Uh, Sorelli, Sorelli will be the guy we talk about most. I don't. After Sorelli, I don't know. I've heard Nugent uh, Hopkins' names a lot. 
but I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'm not interested, honestly. Yeah. I, I just don't see it. I've never understood the Nugent Hopkins hype. I don't really get it. I'm not. Yeah, I'm it's not never been. It's never been my cup of tea. I've always been very happy for people to talk about him glowingly, but never really want him myself. Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of like a, a baseball pitcher I can equate that to. Yeah, for me, it's like Trevor Bauer. Like, I, I get it. Yep. Some people like Trevor Bauer. Yeah, I think Bauer's I'm, great. I'm good watching Trevor Bauer on other teams. Yeah, I get it. I don't need him on my team. Here's the thing. Uh, I, I think if I had to pick here, I'd pick trade for Jack Eichel. I no, think... see, I'd go off a sheet. Really? I mean, that's your yeah, baby. Yeah, because you – well, not, not just that, but you you get – with an offer sheet, all you're giving up is futures that you don't know anything about. And it's futures that, for the most part, fall out of your control, right? Yeah. Those first-round picks, if the Rangers bring in Matt Barzal, those first-round picks should be late first-rounders. And late first-rounders are hit and miss. Yeah, the Rangers have gotten lucky with the Keandre Millers, Niels Lundquists, and Philip Heedles of the world. But that doesn't mean necessarily that – the New York Islanders have been lucky with all of their late first round picks for existence. We all know what happened with Josh Hosang. Yeah, so it's, we do. It's going to play in the KHL it, it, this year. It's hit or, it's hit or miss with, 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 with Eichel, you're giving up known quantities, right? You're giving up a Niels Lundqvist. You're yep. giving up a Vitaly Kravtsov. You're giving up probably someone of the ilk of Philip Hedl, plus those futures that are lottery tickets. I'd rather just give up lottery tickets than give up my known, known quantities. Dylan asked. Also, oh. also, I think Barzal might be more fun than Eichel. I don't know if that's a hot take. I don't think that's hot. He actually might be more fun, legitimately. He's one of the only player Islander players I've ever liked. All right, let's do a quick ad break, shall we? This uh, this ad is from Indochino. Support for Boosters Breakaway is also brought to you by Manscaped, who is your best and below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Big news, Manscaped just launched in Canada. For those listening, listeners in Canada, you can be one of the first Canadians to experience their life-changing products. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and have their new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents. One of the coolest features, the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. All you have to do is go to manscaped.com, THEATHLETIC20. That's it, THEATHLETIC20. 20% off, free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code THEATHLETIC20. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts the Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So again, one more time, go to manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC20. And this podcast is also brought to you by DraftKings. Grab your peanuts and popcorn. Baseball is back. That's right. The boys will be getting back out there on the diamond this week. And while we may not be able to join them in the stadium, there's plenty of action to be had from the comfort of your home. There's no better place to get on the action than DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To celebrate baseball coming back, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering free bets for every home run your team hits. Taking advantage of this Grand Slam offer is easy. All you have to do is place a pregame bet, bet at least $25 on your home team, and for every home run hit in that game, you'll get $5 worth of free bets. Additionally, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering all new users a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Don't worry if baseball is in your game. DraftKings offers great, great odds and promotions on all sports, ranging from MMA to basketball. DraftKings Sportsbook is U.S.-based, making it safe, secure, and reliable. Plus, it's easy to deposit and withdraw your funds whenever you want. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code QUICK when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code QUICK to get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years older, New Jersey only. Bonus compromise the first deposit and first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back to the show. Dylan asks, where would Kako have gone in this draft? Where would you have Lafreniere gotten, gone in the last, since 2016? So where, which number of overall would he go in the first overall picks? My understanding. Uh, from, yeah, from what Drew Way has told us, Kako yeah. is in that three to five tier. Mm-hmm. I agree. And from my understanding, Lafreniere is ahead of Jack Hughes. Ahead of Jack Hughes, ahead of Nico, and then uh, would be behind uh, Rasmus Dahlin. So, 
which I don't really understand the Darlene stuff yet, but I don't watch him very often. So maybe he still is that generational defenseman that everyone thinks he is. But I he... mean, it, 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 look, it, it, it doesn't help that he's on the Sabres. Right. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. It, hard, to, hard to judge just about anything that happens there. It's but, quick. yeah, from, from every conversation we've had with Drew, it sounds like in this draft class, it would go Lafreniere, it would go Hughes, it would probably go Byfield, but then Kako is in that conversation at 4-5-6. I think you can make a case for Byfield over Hughes, but that's just nitpicking. It seriously is. Well, I, I, part of it is you saw Hughes for a year and he, he struggled. Right. So you, 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 have a, you have a negative bias now against both Hughes and Kako. You have to think of it, and Drew would be the first to yell at us about this, you have to think of it from a purely at-the-time-of-the-draft perspective. And it, it seems like I, I would be surprised if people at the time of the draft would go uh, by field before Hughes. I think the uh, the knock on Hughes has always been his size, and once he puts that on, he'll be a much better player. I just want to I just want to state for the record, mm-hmm. I was a very good boy during that bottom of the first inning for the Mets, where they scored four runs and didn't mention anything. Wow! I everybody everybody clap out out there. Look, I'm just saying. It, I'm just saying. You did it. I'm really they proud scored, of you. They, they're now winning, and I didn't say a damn word. That's good. Um, after the Juan Soto home run, let's uh, get to the next question. This one's really fun for us. Uh, this is from Dude with a Lot of Teams. Could the Rangers technically, quote-unquote, I put the quotes there, have Hank retire, then hire him as a, he actually put quotes here, advisor to the GM or something and pay him like a $10 million salary or whatever he's supposed to earn this year? Is that legal? <laughs> so, essentially, is, is this guy asking, can the Rangers do what the Mets did with David Wright? Can can that- he, they do what Dirk Nowitzki did with the, the Dallas Mavericks? I mean, technically speaking... Yeah, you can pay your. There's no. There's no salary cap on what your executives make. Um, it would seem. Well, you have to think of it. Think it's not thinking of it from the Ranger perspective. It's thinking of it from the Henrik Lundqvist perspective. Yep. Henrik Lundqvist has made millions upon millions of dollars. Buko Delores. He's going to continue. He's going to continue making millions upon millions of dollars for the rest of his life because he's Henrik Lundqvist. Yep. So the the question isn't whether. The question isn't whether does Henrik Lundqvist still want money. The question is, does Henrik Lundqvist still want to play hockey? And I, I, I think that question is open to interpretation. And it's specifically open to interpretation with Henrik because he has the option of just playing in Sweden. He doesn't have to wait for next year to start if he wants to continue playing hockey. His twin brother plays in Sweden. His twin brother has won titles in Sweden. His twin brother's uh, the captain of that team, too. Hank, Hank could try to keep his game at a high enough level where he's in consideration for the next Olympics. And he doesn't need to be in the NHL in order to do that. So it's this, any, any and all Hank question, it, it will never have anything to do with money because I think Henrik Lundqvist understands that money isn't money is never the heart of the issue here. And it, it wasn't the heart of the issue when Henrik Lundqvist signed that contract because he could have gotten paid more money than he did at the time. So I th- the question here is, does Henrik Lundqvist want to continue playing hockey? And if the answer to that is yes, well, then he, he knows the answer is not in New York. So it, it's, it's how comfortable is Henrik Lundqvist playing more hockey in the NHL outside of New York? And is Henrik Lundqvist more comfortable playing hockey in Sweden? That, that's, that's the question that needs answered. And you and I can't answer it. We cannot. I, if, if Hank wants to come on this podcast and tell us firsthand, he's Please. got an open invitation. Yeah, seriously. Henry Lundqvist, whenever we, you want to come on. Number three yeah. podcast in America, by the way. Number three podcast in the United number States. Number one. Probably higher in Sweden. Number, nah, I'm sorry. I checked. Um, we're, no, we're lower in Sweden. <laughs> we are. I know. Isn't that weird? Um, number one uh, athletic podcast, though, of hockey, that is. Number one in Brazil still, too, though, I think. Shout out to Craig Custins. Um, number one in Brazil and number one in South Korea. There you go. Uh, Big South Korea boys. Yeah, can I, can I tell you the top South Korea podcast? It's it's kind of like Silver's is in South Korea or his VPNs there because it's all five Ranger podcasts in a row, and we're the number one, of course. Um, sure. would you rather? This next question with is from Andrew. With laugh on the board, presumably, who becomes the most expendable asset either in the system or in the current roster? And what do they acquire? Um, we kind of talked about that, but we can talk about yeah, the most expendable. It's... I, the most expendable right now is Tony D'Angelo, and he he's he always has been, which is why it's it's hard having contract conversation with Tony D'Angelo because it's it 
those contract negotiations could just get to a point where the Rangers just shrug their shoulders and say, cool, man, we're just going to trade you. Um, the, the, I would say the player most impacted by the Rangers getting the number one overall pick, in my mind, is Buchnevich. I agree. I don't think we have I, – I, I think we probably have do the Rangers trade Buchnevich conversations through the offseason, but I think at the end of every single one of those conversations, it ends with, but probably not. I don't think we can say, but probably not anymore. I think with Gauthier and Kako here, with Kravtsov on the way, with the left side as dominant as it is now, I think Buchnevich is the guy most impacted by the Rangers getting the number one overall. I couldn't agree more. It's it's something I've really been thinking about since this happened. I, I do think Buch, despite my dear love for him, his goofiness and his weird faces, um, I don't think he's produced the way they wanted. I know they say he's taken a couple steps. He's become a different player. But I I think they're going to move on, especially if they can get uh, Sorelli or some center that is a position of need for them at this point. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's very important. I don't think the like, whereas Stroman D'Angelo, I think the Rangers might actually move for futures. Yep. I think Buchnevich would be used in a quote unquote hockey trade. Uh, I couldn't I don't think, agree more. Yeah, I don't think the Rangers are going to trade Buch for us for three seconds. And by the no. way, you think that could happen by October? Like, uh, I think the draft's October 11th this year. That could happen at the draft or right before the draft too. So stay tuned. Like, there's could be some Ranger trades coming up sooner than you think. Uh, Gordon's gonna. Yeah, and it's again, it's important. It's again with with if Booch is used in a hockey trade, it actually frees up the Rangers to use a Ryan Strom or a Tony D'Angelo in a futures trade. So it's, I I will be very interested to see what Jeff Gordon has never had this many cards in his deck. Never. So it's going to be fascinating. So many GMs have never had this many cards. It's very well. The problem the problem is there are a couple GMs that have this many cards, and then a couple GMs that have no cards. Yes. And there's a couple teams like Florida that doesn't even have a GM. Is that true still? They still yeah, don't they, have Well, one? they fired Dale Talon. I knew they that. Oh, yes, they just fired him. Um, all right. This was, at this point, Leah Sanderson seems like an afterthought. I agree, by the way. Do you think he gets traded this offseason, and what would the return look like? Uh, we've said this before, but I truly think it's a my garbage for your garbage kind of trade. I don't think pull your I don't even th- th- I, I think in this, with, with Leah signing a full-year deal in Sweden, I don't think anyone's even trading for him. I, I think the entire NHL is going to let that entry level contract expire, and then they'll 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 think about it after that. I I don't. What what's the point of getting Leas Anderson at this point? I guess there to, is none. to make him. I, the only thing that Leas is good for at the end. This this is the meanest thing I've ever sound because obviously he's still a human being. But the only thing an NHL team will see of value in Leas Anderson is uh, expansion draft fodder at this point. Just another player they can put in their pool. But. He's just as valuable to the Rangers as that as he is to any other team. Yeah, I get your number one hope with Leas Anderson is that you can you can try and repair the relationship. You can see if he can come back and if he's improved, and he could be hopefully his top his top flight potential. If everything goes right at every step, he could be your third line center. That's what you would hope, in my opinion. Yeah, I just we know the Rangers love Brett Howden. I don't see anything that puts Leas Anderson ahead of Brett Howden in the next couple of years. We'll go through there's, a, uh, there's a couple more here going on. We I'm going to skip some of them because uh, some of them are pretty overlapping. Um, but what we'll talk about this this question a lot more in the future. But what direction do you think the Rangers will go with Carolina's first round pick? Do they draft a 2C or do they get an do they trade for an NHL ready 2C or left-handed defenseman? They're going to take the best talent available if they don't trade it. I don't Yeah. It's not about the position. It's just best talent available. The Rangers for, for as much shit as we give the Rangers, and we give them quite a bit. We do. It's kind of what we even, do. Even, even when they drafted Leas Anderson, I think the Rangers were convinced they were taking the best player available. I do think they do, uh, They think that. Despite what we wanted we, them to take Oliver Wallstrom very badly, if you'll remember. They took well, that was the Kravtsov draft. Yep, the same one. I mean, different one, but yeah. yes. But if, if the Rangers have proven anything, specifically with these later first-round picks that they've had, they've always drafted best player available. Because... That's the, only, that's the only thing I could think of for the fact that they drafted two defensemen in the 20s when they drafted Keandre Miller and Niels Lundqvist. And they took a literal child in Filipino the year before that. They're always taking the best player available the later they go in these drafts. I, 
it might not be the best player we feel is available, but I, I am I promise you it's the best player on the Rangers board. So if the Rangers if the Rangers draft there, they're going to take whatever they feel like is the best player. If it's a center, great. If it's not a center, fine. They're going to take whatever that player is. Whoever is the highest ranked player on their board at pick 20-something is who the Rangers will draft. I think that pick is very much in play. I think the Rangers will be the first organization to tell you that pick is very much in play because it's only a benefit to them to dangle it in front of teams that might not have a first-round pick, like the Tampa Bay Lightning, who currently do not have a first-round pick in this year's draft. Again, it's if you really want Anthony Sorelli, there's a way for you to get Sorelli without offering him the offer sheet. You can do it with Buchnevich, the Carolina first, and maybe maybe it takes more than that. But those those first two assets I said, 110%, you bet that the Tampa Bay Lightning would be interested in them. If, we know the Lightning want to get back in this draft. We know the Lightning want to be in the first round of every draft that they are they are involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, it That pick to them makes a whole lot of sense. And again, this is a team in salary cap hell. So it's a team that would be looking I think their to owner came out that isn't week, going to charge them. And also said that they're bleeding money or something like that. So well, everyone's bleeding money. It's the NHL. They're all billionaires, Ryan. They're not really bleeding I'm money. Pretty sure they're. Fine. I refuse to believe it. Uh, they're fine. They'll be okay. They can sell a couple horses. Donovan Carr. <laughs> there you go. Donovan Carr says, "Greg, I have a question to ask you. What is your current take on Carey Price? I guess that the Penguins had the right to be scared of him. No, the Penguins didn't have a right to be scared of him, but the Penguins scared themselves out of." capitalizing on carry price it's a mental game baby sports are, sports are 90 percent mental so it's the pick for the thing was <laughs> convinced that i think Carey the physical aspect there. of sports is pretty important also the nah, man come on yogi bear has said sports is uh 90 mental so I, I believe yogi bear okay they scared themselves they scared themselves if uh that's simple this is from raf Simmons. if if laugh is on a line with kako and Heedle, how many points do you think kako and laugh combined for I don't like playing that game. We yeah. don't even know what the NHL is going to look like next year. Yeah. Like, I, a, a good amount. I'm not going to put a number on it, but I would be surprised. Let me put it this way. I'll be surprised if Lafreniere has less points than Kako had his rookie year. Uh, I that, to- that's about as far I as I would be go. shocked. Um, yeah, P- that's, that's as far as I'll go on that end. PJ Clark says, how did this happen? The Leafs ping pong ball hit our ping pong ball, and we got the first overall pick. There you go. I, I explained it. Uh, Jorge Blanco asks, are sausage and peppers a hot dog? No. What? Yeah. Like <laughs> on, a, on a sandwich? <laughs> no, like, or are uh, you just saying like shape? All right. Is it a hoagie? Uh, is it, if, is it, if sausage and peppers is a, on a sandwich, it's still not a hot dog. Oh, no, I think people, people are confused here, okay. right? The physical meat that makes up a hot dog is not a sandwich. It's how the hot dog is served. That makes it a sandwich. So if you serve a sausage the same way you serve a hot dog on a bun, then yeah, it's a sandwich. Like the hot dog itself, though, is just meat. I'm not sure what meat it is. I don't want to know. But the hot dog itself is just meat. How you serve it is what determines if it's a sandwich or not. This is a hard-hitting question from Connor Hobbs. Is Alexi projected to score more career goals than Ovechkin or just more than Gretzky? Thank you. <laughs> Good question. Uh, <laughs> if you were to combine Mark Messier yes. with Paul Coffey, uh-huh. that's what I'm expecting. This is from Real Kev Chrysler. Uh, Kev's awesome. He always asks me, is, is the episode up? And it's always up. I love you, Kev. Uh, what did you see as a big I part? Just, can I say, can I say, I don't know. I, I'm sure this, this gets you every time, too. Yeah. The people who, when news breaks on a Monday uh-huh. and people ask us if we're going to do an emergency, emergency podcast. podcast. Yeah, we record every Monday. You guys understand Monday. that like Mondays <laughs> are when we record anyway, right? Yeah. You don't have to worry about it being, if something happens on a Monday, there's no emergency. Yeah. We're recording no matter what. We are recording. It's, it's when things happen on other days of the week. Yeah. I promise. And by the way, all Rangers things happen on Mondays. It's just what it is. We, went, I, over the, we went over this on Monday. Yeah. Every Every big piece of news that we've ever had to break down on this podcast. You know, it it would be kind of part of the reason why I want Sergachev, not just because I like him as a player and I mm-hmm. think him anchored to the left side of the defense would be great with Keandre Miller for years to come. It would just bring closure to the entire Ryan McDonough experience for us because we, we came on the air thinking, well, if McDonough and Miller are going to Tampa Bay, then we must be getting Sergachev back. Uh, it would bring that entire chapter of our lives to a close. Greg, I have breaking news. I know we said news Don't. only happens on Monday. I have breaking news. 
Shut up. Apple Podcast Charts. I just checked. Oh, no. I just checked. I thought you actually had news. I know. I'm sorry. If this is news, if you're, you will like it. Because I, I, when we were the top three podcasts this week, hear me out. We were on the Apple uh, America Sports one. But there's two different charts. There's, there's the regular charting, and then there's the all-time list. Okay? We have moved up to number 12 all-time. Meaning, we are officially ahead of the full 60. <laughs> 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 I mean, if Craig, if Craig needs a bump, we're available. Yeah, we're Craig, around. come on, call us, buddy. I, I'm starting to think he doesn't like that we're doing this. <laughs> um, what do you mean we? Hold on. What do you mean oh, we? Okay. I don't tweet at Craig like okay. you do. I do. I'm tweeting at Craig I, every day. I tweet at I tweet at Pierre and Scott. That's who I tweet at. Yes. Because John Davidson goes on their podcast. Not I us. know. Pretty rude, if I'm being honest. Our coworkers. I mean, if John wants if John wants his message out there, he on. needs to come to the big hitters. Right. Come Number one Rangers podcast. Number three. No, almost in the top ten of hockey podcasts of all time, and you're not hanging out. Yeah, pretty. Rude. John, if you want to, if you want to share your message, this is the place to do it. I respect what Pierre and Scott do. I get it. I get that you have long relationships with them. I get that you're friendly with them. Yep. But if you want to talk to all the GMs that live in New York bedrooms, where are your guys you need to talk? To? I know GMs in New York bedrooms is a pretty funny way to talk about us. <laughs> I just uh, also I, has anyone has anyone mentioned the Rangers trading down to number two. Like the question he was addressing on the podcast was something I hadn't even seen. No, has anyone said seen that? It, then I don't believe it's out there. No, no one says that. Nobody. Yeah, I, I've heard people talk about tr- trading for three and five. I haven't heard anyone talk about flipping with the Kings. No, why would we do that? Makes no, no sense. It's silly people asking silly questions. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Who should we take with Carolina first rounder? We kind of already asked that. Will Greg ever say hello? No, yeah. I don't want to. Th- <laughs> I barely want to talk to Ryan. You think I want to say hi to him? It's true. Uh, how do you guys? This is from uh, Kiera. Uh, how do you guys think the expansion draft will affect the future? Uh, episode talks a lot mm. about who might stay and who might be an RFA, but what do you guys see going to Seattle? Mm, I think Brett Houghton I mean, is going to be bait for that. I, I don't know. I'm starting to think people like Brett Houghton. Uh, I got a video that, today. I haven't reviewed it, but someone did a nine-minute breakdown of Brett Houghton's Game 3, and I will be watching it and breaking it down. So I'm, I'm very curious to what see people people see in Brett Houghton at this point. I just I, – I still feel bad for Brett because I don't think it's his fault that some people dislike his game. I think he's beloved by the coaching staff to a point where he's put into situations where he can't succeed. And then it's, it's people having a negative opinion of Brett Houghton because – He's in these positions, a normal player, the caliber of Brett Howden is not being put in. I think if, if you perfectly utilize Brett Howden, I don't, I don't think anyone has a strong opinion of him. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone should. It's the fact that every two seconds we're, we're talking about Brett Howden for some reason. And I think that drives people a little mad, us included. Uh, but who, the, to back to this question, the Rangers are in a pretty good spot when it comes to what they can do with the expansion draft there's not a whole lot of guys that are going to be eligible from the rangers that a team's going to be super interested in if the rangers keep georgiev he's probably the cream of the crop and i don't think if you're the new york rangers you're going to get too bent out of shape if you lose georgiev because you still have igor and oh by the way tyler wall um there every every mock that i've seen it's a lot of leas anderson lieber hayek brett howden and georgiev so it's I, think I just don't Rangers, think Georgiev's going to stay around that long. If I don't think so, I don't think so either. But if he does, that's the guy. So, I, like, for me personally, I don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about the expansion draft because the Rangers aren't going to lose anyone that is significant to their long term, long term goals here. It was it's it, surprisingly the same thing that happened to them with the Vegas one. Oscar, right? They took Oscar. Yeah, Oscar. Oscar. Lindbergh. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, nice Charles job. kid. Charles good, kid. Good callback for us. Uh, uh, yeah, the the range the Rangers are in a good spot. I don't think anyone should really be worrying about what they should or shouldn't do when it comes to the expansion draft. Uh, Mr. Pods asks, do you see a huge offseason similar to last year's with trades meant to address two C, left-handed defenseman, etc.? Or do you see something different like where we're kind of just sitting around? Always love the podcast, Ryan and Greg. Don't kill yourself running a half marathon. I will not. I will be trading. Uh, they're going to be – yeah, I think there are going to be a lot of trades because the Rangers want to open up more space, but the Rangers also 
want to acquire guys from teams that need to open up space. Again, we're going to talk a lot about teams. We're going to end up talking a lot about in the podcast coming, coming week, Tampa Bay. We're going to talk a lot about Barzal. We're going to talk a lot about Tampa Bay. Uh, there's business to be made possibly with the Blue Jackets. There's business possibly to be done with a team like Florida, who will have a new GM. There's a lot of San Jose. There are a lot of teams that we're going to end up talking about. And the constant theme with almost all these teams is money uh, tight against the cap, specifically Tampa Bay, specifically Barzal. So it's, there's going to be a lot of business done this year. It's going to be interesting to see how it gets done. But if you're the New York Rangers and you have an extra first round pick and you have needs that you want to address with that extra first round pick, yeah, you're, you're going to be in a lot of conversations this year. And thus ends the, the, the part of this podcast that was just about New York Rangers and New York Rangers hockey. There are two questions I do want to talk to you about. Uh, and if you were listening for New York Rangers stuff, it's now over. Uh, someone wrote in this question, and I found it rather interesting. Say you could rewrite, now, now I don't like the Mets, you know that, but say you could rewrite the Mets history and get number one pick in the year it was given, 2010s. They still have to pick whoever whoever was picked number one that year, so you can't swap uh, Max Appel, or was, it, was his name Mark or Mark Appel? Mark Appel or with Bryant. Yeah. In this scenario, which first overall guy would you go? I will read them to you. 2010, uh, 10 is Bryce Harper, 11 is Garrett Cole, 12 is Carlos Correa, Appel is 13, so that's a no. Aiken is 14, that's a no too. Swanson, Vicky Moniak went number one? Wow, that's crazy. Roy, uh, yeah, I made fun of that pick the day it happened. Yeah, I still don't understand that. 17, pick. Royce Lewis. 18, Casey Mize. And 19, your boy Rushman. Um, I think you go Cole here or so, Harper. I, I'm not going Harper. Are you fucking kidding me? I, uh, I knew you weren't going to go it, but... I think... Well, it's, it's interesting because there's two ways to look at this, right? There's... All right, if the Mets get the number one pick in that year... Mm-hmm. That also means they're not drafting the guy they ended up drafting. Oh. So if you go if you go Garrett Cole, that means the New York Mets are no longer drafting Brandon Nimmo. And while I don't think that's necessarily a bad deal to make, I do think if you go Carlos Correa in twenty twelve, oh no, the Mets aren't drafting Gavin Cicchini. So right. like if if you go if you go from the from the trading standpoint of not only are you getting the number one overall pick that year but you're also giving up yours i think the new york mets are a better team with carlos correa than they are um you're better with carlos correa and brandon nimmo than you are with garrett cole and the wasted first round pick the new york mets had in 2012 but all things considered i i still i think i still go cole because i mean you just you got you already have that ridiculous you have rotation. to go cole. Just, cole do it you have to he's so good. those those to me to me, those are the only two options here. And I think that's those are the only two ways to look at it. Do you go Garrett Cole because I think he was the best number one overall pick in the last X amount of years? Or do you go Carlos Correa because team-building-wise, you still get all the other Mets players that you would have had otherwise. Plus, now you're adding an actual first-round pick in 2012. I'm not, like, in love but with I, Carlos Correa. I never have been. No, neither, neither am I. I. I love Garrett Cole. I mean... To me, the 2011 draft has always been a big what if from a Met perspective because taking the Mets had the 13th pick and taking 14th with was Jose Fernandez. Yeah. So it's it's always interesting to think of like the different scenarios the Mets could have gone that year. And it's no, I mean, Brandon Nemo is fine in his, in all his rights, but you know how much different is life with Jose Fernandez? How much different is life with Garrett Cole? I, yeah, you you take either of you take Cole, and I don't think twice about it. And Dimitri asks, uh, who would win in a fight, a grilled cheese or a taco? Is this, you, did you realize this was a line, uh, uh, I, I didn't, a plot point from Hot Rod? I did not at first, but I have seen Hot Rod three times, so that is embarrassing. Yeah, no, it, it's it's uh, it's the question Andy Samberg asks. When they're in the garage, um, right? No, when uh, when we first meet Will Arnett and Andy Samberg realizes that, what's her name, Isla Fisher? Yes. When, she, when Andy realizes she has a boyfriend – he changes the question to who would win in a fight, a grilled cheese or a taco. <laughs> and, and Isla Fisher's answer was a grilled cheese, unless it was uh, prison yard rules. And Hot Rod answers back with kind of racist, but okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, Hot Rod's a great, if anyone hasn't seen Hot Rod, they should go see it. That movie still holds up. It and, is wonderful. An incredible it's, watch. It's got some, yeah, and it's got some, it's just like a batshit weird cast. 
Will Arnett, Isla Fisher, Andy Samberg, all the long Danny guys. McBride, yep, Danny McBride, um, Josh Hader, Ian McShane, Josh Hader, like the pitcher. Oh, Bill Hader, the <laughs> actor. Yeah, uh, not Josh Hader. He would have sucked in that movie because he also would have been like twelve. Yep, when that movie came out. Yes, he would have. Uh, Bill Hader, Ian McShane. It is an absolutely just. It's it's basically a long, lonely island sketch without some music. The cool it's beads wonderful. scene I'm, is one of my favorite scenes in any movie. Period. It just comes out of nowhere. It's that entire make... movie comes out of nowhere. Nothing about that movie makes any fucking sense. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's wonderful. I can't. I can't recommend Hot Rod enough. And I think it's streaming on Hulu it's right now. Somewhere. So you All can right. watch it for free. Uh, if you have Hulu, that is. Um, if you have Hulu. If you have Hulu, you can watch it for free that you pay for. All right, we'll be back uh, next Monday night. I don't know what we're doing, but we'll have something fun going on. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Ryan. You can follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. Thanks for listening to the mailbag. Hope you all enjoyed making us the number three podcast at all hockey in America. The number 12 all time, baby, all time. That's hard to do. All right, we're out of here. Bye, guys. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.